Twitter for Eyes Up On Podcast. I'm Donovan, and to my right, as usual, it's Roy. Hello, everybody. How you doing, Roy? I'm doing great. I'm, I'm excited for some some new news in the, in the Padres affiliates. We've got all kinds of action going on in the, the fall and winter leagues, so we've got a lot to, to run down. Absolutely. And, and before we get started, uh, we encourage you to stay tuned to the end of the episode where we'll have some announcements uh, with some cool stuff we're working on and some cool guests that we have lined up in the coming weeks. Donovan's so, been a busy man. I've been a busy man. And... Uh, <laughs> uh, and it's come to fruition. They're bearing some fruit, which is uh, which is fantastic. Um, but batting leadoff and starting it off with, we can all take a big fat sigh of relief. Fernando Tatis is playing winter ball, and Fernando Tatis is doing Fernando Tatis things. Yeah, I'd say that thumb is healed up. Yeah. Did you see that opposite field home run on the first pitch in first, the winter league? First pitch, he drives to the right center field gap over the fence. And, you know, it's funny, if you watch that on Twitter, you, you see him come home, and it's like a celebration, like he hit like a grand slam, or like, him. I'm pretty sure it's just a home run. It wasn't I, like... I think that's part of the, the Latin style of baseball, that they, it's a party, yeah. and they celebrate everything. I, I, I love that, and I don't like that at some point. Like, you know, like a home run in the middle of April, uh, you know, in a blowout game or whatever, shouldn't... You know, in American baseball, or at least here in the major leagues, uh, shouldn't it warrant like a backflip in a, in a in a trot around the bases like he just won the World Series? But I, I love it in the, in the winter leagues, and I love how it, some of that is bleeding into the major league mm-hmm. into the major league game with the backflips, with uh, some of the celebrations. Um, but he's back, and he's in with Francisco Mejia. Yep, and uh, that's all good, and we can all just take a big fat breath. Yes. Um, Moving on, the Arizona Fall League finished up yesterday with the championship game, the championship game, uh, the Peoria Javelinas versus the Salt River Rafters, uh, and our boys were in there. Miguel Diaz started the game, Hudson Potts playing third, uh, Buddy Love, Buddy Reed playing right field. Buddy Love. Buddy Love is his name on Twitter and on... He's, he's, he's Buddy Loco. He's Buddy Loco. Um, I, on Instagram, I'm sorry, I'm, I don't know why I'm <laughs> laughing and this is going horribly for the beginning. Um, he uses that on Instagram. Yes, okay. Um, was a walk-off home run by Braxton Davidson, a Braves prospect in the 10th inning. He crushed, I mean, he crushed the pitch. Oh, yeah. Epic backflip. Did you see where it landed? It landed up on that, there's like a walkway up there. It it, like, it, yeah, it yeah, was, it was a no doubt. Um so he tosses the bat, rounds the base, gets almost home, and then promptly breaks his foot. Yeah, and it, it wasn't... I heard people bring up Kendrys Morales, that that was a well-known one. When he stepped on home plate, he wound up breaking his ankle. This yeah. was like five, six years ago. Yeah. Uh, but this, it looked like it was halfway down the line. He was kind of doing this little trot gallop thing. Right. And then he took a couple one-foot hops to get to home plate. So he must have broken his foot just because he took a weird step. Yeah, and I thought maybe... He broke it on the swing, and then maybe I thought Kendry Morales style that he jumped on home plate, and everyone jumped on, and that's how it happened. But it was before he got to the plate. Mm-hmm. And if you watch the, the, there's a couple of seconds after the video when he gets home plate, he's kind of like, ow, ow, you know. And then the very last second, you kind of see people going, oh shoot, he hurt himself. Yeah. And then you see on Twitter again him walking off the field, and then you see Buddy Reed <laughs> grab the bat, <laughs> the spirit bat. <laughs> 
like, oh, this this is the bat that hit the home run. I mean, he was like, he was in awe of it. I I love the enthusiasm. And they were, I was seeing interviews that they were talking about that about Buddy. That um, oh, it was they were talking to Tory Hunter yeah. about Buddy Reed and about the enthusiasm and the joy that he plays with and how people kind of rally around him because he's got that that uh, effervescent kind of personality. Yeah, that was during the Futures game. Um, yeah. And, and I like that. Uh, baseball, and I've said this again, I'll say it time and time again, baseball is such an incredibly failure-based sport, so hard that a lot of guys aren't like that. There's mm-hmm. not a lot of, like if you saw, I watched the game yesterday when I got home from work, um, if you saw the lineups, and they even mentioned it, like not one smile. Like there were like maybe three smiles in the lineup. You know, and they were just saying their name, their position, where they bat in the lineup, and that's it. No smile. Well, you're supposed to act like a pro. Act like you've been there before. That kind of thing. Right. But and but Buddy Reed's like, Buddy Reed, doing what I do, batting sixth, <laughs> playing right field. Um, I, I like it. Um, and some people, you know, I, I saw some of the comments on Twitter where it was, you know, he's a clown. Um, he, you know, he's just kind of fooling around. I, I like that there's some fun in baseball. It's supposed to be fun. It's um, a game. It's, it's a, it is a game at the end of the day. And these guys are still prospects, so they're not... You know, they have nothing to lose to be, you know, themselves. Um, I understand once you get into Major League Baseball that you kind of have to, you know, be a little more responsible, a little more professional, and I can appreciate that. But I love how players, there are some players that are, you know, bringing a personality into the game. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's great. But that's the end of baseball. Um, talking about the game, Miguel Diaz started that game. Three and two-thirds innings pitch. He had three hits. Two runs, one earned, two base on balls, five Ks. He finished the AFL uh, in six starts in 20 and a third innings, 19 Ks, nine base on balls, 11 earned runs for a 4.87 ERA. He's just a strikeout king. So that's walking a little bit less than about four four batters per nine innings, I guess. I'm doing some quick math in my head. Yeah. He's but definitely not a finished product. Yeah, but he's at the he's on the forty man roster. Yeah, he needs and so he was called up last year, and I would expect that this year he would spend much more time with the big league team. So they're going to rely yeah. on him. Yeah, and he's going to learn at the big league level a little bit like he did this year. So the the control, the <clears throat> command, well, not the command, the control has been the concern. Walking too many guys, um, you know, wild pitches, that kind of thing. You know, watching the game yesterday, Daniel Dowd from MLB mentioned that it's it's in the mechanics, it's in the delivery, where he is, uh, he was opening up, he was, uh, you know, he's landing different almost every time. They, mm-hmm. There were some mechanical things that still need to be tweaked mm-hmm. to allow him to focus on that command, because uh, he's got good stuff. Oh, yeah. It's just you got to get it straight over the plate. Um, anyways, Darius Valdez, Darius Valdez, uh, who didn't get in the game yesterday, uh, finished up the Arizona Fall League with 10 innings pitched, 15 Ks, 4 base on balls, and 5 earned runs for a, um, for a 4.5 ERA in 10 games. That's all bullpen stuff. That's just him throwing BBs and sliders. Um, Blake Rogers, who was in, a, in limited duties and a late add to the uh, AFL roster, in seven, in, in 7 innings pitched, 7 Ks, 2 base on balls, 1 earned run with a 1.23 ERA. Uh, friend of the podcast and Roy's favorite guy, Travis Radke. We love him here. Uh, 16 innings pits in seven games, 17 Ks, seven base on balls, five earned runs, two and a 2.81 ERA. He was one of the first guys in that in that scrum at home plate. Yeah. And when you watch the video, I saw him right in the middle of that. Yeah. Um, Austin Allen, who DH'd yesterday, went one for three. 
He finished the season with 263, 358, 421, a slash line in 15 games. In 57 at-bats, hit 15 hits, 3 doubles, 2 HRs, 19 Ks, and 8 base on balls. Which isn't bad when we go into, you know, the young Hudson Potts. He played third base yesterday. He went over 4 yesterday, 3 Ks, a base on balls. He finished the AFL with a 228, 330, 367 in 21 games. In 78 at, sorry, 79 at bats, he had 18 hits, two base on balls, two HRs, and 27 Ks. Uh, 11 walks, 27 strikeouts. You got uh, five doubles. Yes. Two home runs. Um, and then one guy you don't have on here is Hansel Rodriguez, who only only logged two uh, two innings, um, no strikeouts, and a walk. Two uh, two earned runs in two innings pitched. Yeah, I thought, it, and sorry for that, gang. Uh, I thought I saw somewhere he was. He, well, he he bounced out, and then that's when Blake Rogers, I think, took his place. Is that what happened? Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't think there was an injury there. I thought I saw on Twitter. It was just like he was tired. He was done for the for the season. So that could be, and it's a long season, and so you, you, we think of this as being like a finishing a finishing league, or people go in here to work on things. But um, some people go to the Arizona Fall League because they got hurt and they need to to make up for right. lost time a little right. bit. Some guys go there because there's a specific thing that they need, they need to work on, mechanics or maybe trying a different position. Yeah. Um, but a lot of guys are shut down. So I, I wonder why they would send him there and then recognize that he was tired and have to shut him down right away like that. And pull him back. I'm not 100% on that, but I'm, I, I, I thought I read somewhere where that was kind of the case. It was a non-injury, mm-hmm. uh, the reason why he left. Um, and all those guys will be in Amarillo come next season. But Austin Allen, we think, will probably be starting in uh, El Paso. Wait, did you say Amarillo? I said Amarillo. Oh, we have some big news from Amarillo this Amarillo week. Amarillo this week. <laughs> so Amarillo announced, and I love how they how they worked up to it. They had their five finalists for what the team name was going to be. And they finally came out and announced that it is the Amarillo Sod Poodles. Sod Poodles. So now, if you're not familiar with what a Sod Poodle is, apparently it's an old-timey nickname for a prairie dog. And uh, they, they did a good job of covering it and explaining why the prairie dog was representative of the area. Right, but if you right. really want to learn, there's this guy that did this song on YouTube about the sod poodles. Yeah. And I really recommend looking into it because it, he talks about the area and about the animal and how, you know, what, what it means for the community. And I, it, plus, it's a kind of a funny song. It's a, it, it is. There's two songs that came out of Amarillo uh, on the sod poodles. And I... You know, I, there were the other teams were the other team names could have been the Jerky, the the Bronc Busters, the Long Haulers, the Long Haulers, um, and the Boot Scooters. The boot Scooters. Um, all those, I, I mean, I couldn't see like a Boot Scooter being like the mascot being a boot. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Miami my, my baseball has some great mascots, and, and actually, with the missions, they had um, you know the t- taco. God dang it, the taco! I can't remember the name of the taco in. in uh, in San Antonio, but you know, it's, just, it's a funny thing. He's a taco. Was that that was their mascot? Was it jalapeno? And they had something the the soft taco. I, I can't remember what it is. But okay, I, I didn't do enough research. Oh, like an empanada or something like that. But anyway, so yeah. they can't. They already have merchandise out for the yep. sod poodles. Yep. You can buy yourself a sod poodle hat or a t-shirt. Um, and they have some. There's there's the just the head. The the guy's head. He's wearing a cowboy hat. And he's got a. A, a, a blade of grass. It's a, a grass seed. Yeah, sticking out of his mouth. Um, and then there's one where he's standing up, 
and he's got the big old belt buckle and all that. But uh, somebody pointed out that there was no swinging sod poodle, and our friend Tony Lasoya came yeah. in real quick and made a very professional looking sod poodle. Yeah, swinging sod poodle, swinging sod to poodle. go along with the swinging fryer and the swinging chihuahua. Um, so the people at uh, what's the name of the Brandios. Brandios Brandios needs to hire Tony Lasoya. Yeah, he is a talented artist. He's yeah. got some great ideas. Um, and obviously he can work with, with their style because it looks like a Brandios logo. Yeah. Well, and also the Padres, we, you know, we, uh, we're all about getting people hired here, uh, <laughs> at Friars on the farm. Um, and you know, the Padres were looking for a graphic designer and it's funny how in, in our Twitter community here, folks just like was tagging the Padres, higher tone of the soya, higher tone of the soya. Mm -hmm. Um, so we love that. And, and tone of the soya does do great work. He does. And he loves the Padres and all of that. I thought I had all my notifications turned off, but you know, when work says this is what's going on, this is what's going on. Um, oh, look, it's our interview with Tony Inser of the Amarillo Sod Poodles coming oh, up. That's our first big surprise for you guys. Uh, Donovan was able to arrange an interview with the general manager of the Amarillo Sod Poodles. Tony Inser, well, we're going to be talking to him in about five, ten minutes, so we'll be right back with that. <laughs> So the Padres come back to Amarillo, which was their double-A affiliate from 1976 to 1981. Tony Gwynn was a Gold Sox back in 1981 with a number one farm system in the majors. And we're incredibly honored to be joined with the head Saudi general manager, Tony Enser. Thank you, Tony, for taking the time to speak with us. How are you doing? I am doing fantastic. Thank you guys so much for having me. And we're, we're excited to be a part of the Padres family, I can tell you that. Well, we're excited to have you. Well, you just blew my first question. Well, my first thought was, welcome to the family. Um, <laughs> Thank you. So, t so tell us about how the name was chosen. Uh, it's, it's been an interesting process. You know, we, we wanted to, to have something. Obviously, this is a new team, and so we needed a name. We, we've just been going under the flagship of Emerald Professional Baseball, but when we got here, uh, we did a, a name the team uh, uh, contest, and it was really more of a, a – uh, we uh, first step was call for entries. So three, over three thousand people sent in their suggested names for uh, uh, for the team, and then uh, we we narrowed those uh, down to five, and then we took it to a team or took it to a fan vote, and of those five, which were long haulers, boot scooters, bronc busters, uh, jerky, and sod poodles, uh, sod poodles won out uh, handily. So uh, it's been just an amazing journey. Um, you know, and, and the funny thing is, is that uh, during the call for entries, I mean, Prairie Dogs was what was suggested. Right. But Prairie, Do Prairie Dogs has been done before. I mean, that's that's nothing uh, new. And one of the things that we, we really wanted for Amarillo was something unique, something that was had never been done before, uh, as, as I call it, something uh, authentically Amarillo. And uh, so we've, with so many people suggesting Prairie Dogs, we did a little bit of research. And, and this was a funny moment. Um, so we're, we're all doing the research into, you know, the different areas, those five different areas, which really keyed into Route 66, the beef industry, the Western industry, the quarter horse industry, and then the, the prairie dog uh, categories. That's where that all kind of stemmed from. But when we started to do the research and we got to uh, prairie dog, we, I said, told my staff, I said, I, we can't be prairie dogs. It's been done before. It's not unique. It's not... It's not anything um, special. Right, we right. want something special. 
And all of a sudden, I, they, we started going over nicknames. And there were two or three nicknames for a prairie dog that were thrown out. And Sod Poodles, the name came up. And, and I described it like this. It, it, we all, there were probably 12 to 14 of us in the room at the time. And at that moment, we all became Sod Poodles because all of our heads poked up. Right. Just, just, just like a prairie dog, I swear. I, I am not joking about oh, that's this. That's great. That's a great the, story. And it, it, we all just kind of popped up. It was just so unique. And I got to tell you, I'm not a linguist, a linguistic expert or anything of the nature. I'm a baseball guy. I started as a groundskeeper you know, over 30 years ago in this game. But there's something about that name that just says it's almost becoming like an action. Yeah. You know, it's just a, it's just a sod poodle day. Oh, yeah. um, it, it, there's something about that name that just evokes an emotion in you that says, you know, it's it's cool. Everything's everything's okay. It's a sod poodle day. Um, I don't know how to explain it. It, it. Everyone that I've, you know, the people that heard it early on, the I mean, initially the reaction was terrible. Everybody yeah. hated the name. Yeah, I saw but, some backlash on, on Twitter. But something has happened through the process. And, I mean, minor league baseball has never seen this happen before where we've had two songs written. And this was all after the fan vote and during the fan vote when people are, had already made up their mind. But people... And, and But we hadn't published anything. Right. But people just went off, and they started organically creating their own the, their own interest into this name. And so two songs, uh, we had uh, food items being made, bakery items, our own popsicle being made, yard signs and, and uh, wooden signs that people had to burn and put a lot of work into making, and T-shirts being made all over the place. And even, uh, even we had, was it a Chick Fil A that said tastes better oh, yeah. than Sod Poodle? Chicken yeah. tastes better yeah. than Sod Poodle. Local Chick Fil A uh, restaurants put put up on their marquee that for everybody to see that uh, chicken tastes better than Sod Poodle. <laughs> uh, it was hilarious. We had a uh, local attorney that did an, a, a marketing campaign on billboards and and TV and everything else. Says you know it's one of these strong arm of the law guys and said if you get into an accident, you don't need a sod poodle, you need an attorney, and it gave his name and everything else. Um, but I, I knew we had something special when all of a sudden I get an alert that, you know, sod poodle has popped up again, literally, uh, pardon the pun, but uh, there was a uh, there was a, a something about a, a, a sermon at a local church, one of our largest churches in Amarillo, uh, and it said, the, and it listed, it was a, a blog, uh, recording of the sermon, and the title of the sermon was something to do with uh, sod poodles and mind boggles. <laughs> so, a, a real sermon into a church that talked about the the team name, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is this has just gone far and beyond." I was so happy that that sod poodles won out from the fan vote, and just organically, as I told people, you know, th- this is a name that the community, we, we certainly created the name. We certainly brought it forth. We didn't push anything out there to say, hey, you guys do something on this. Right, Not no campaigning or anything. It was all organic, but as I tell people, we created it, but the community is what brought it to life. Yeah, that's, and, a, uh, that's a grassroots revolution right there. Well, and that's it really I, is. That's what I love about minor league baseball. It is A, all the names are uniquely uh, local, 
and it, it really doesn't matter what the national, you know, what the rest of the world thinks. It's it's what the locals, it's, it's what the community thinks. But it did get a right. really good national response. You, know, you guys did a great job on the marketing side of it, building up to the announcement of the name. But then when it came out, it trended on Twitter right away, and it was all over the place, good and bad. But most of the people liked it, and I think that's because, you, like you said, you, Prairie Dogs has been done before, but. The sod poodles is it's it's one thing. What what is that? It's like the trash pandas. But nobody yeah. would would think about the Amarillo Prairie Dogs. But anybody that pays attention to baseball has heard of the Amarillo sod poodles now. And you guys haven't even had your first game. Yeah, we hadn't thrown a first pitch. Well, that's the thing. You're right. I mean, I I, I expected good response because again, it's, there's just something about it. I can't explain it. There's just something about the name, but. We were trending 11th in the world. <laughs> you yes. know, if you think of Twitter, it's worldwide. It's yeah. not just national. But we were trending number 11 uh, the day of the announcement. And we had 25,000 viewers on our Facebook Live. Uh, we've reached well over a million people. This was within a couple of days of the announcement. Uh, and so far, as you know, you've seen the, the logos. The logos match the name. Yeah. It's, they are fantastic. Our, our partners at Brandios, they're in. Uh, San Diego did a great job of, of making that, bringing that name to life, and you know people are just digging the the merchandise. In fact, you, you say nationally, we as of uh, yesterday, maybe the day before, we'd already hit 39 states with merchandise. Well, I saw, I saw the tweet with all the, the with the uh, with with the map and all the little sod poodles all around the country. Yeah, <laughs> it's just crazy, and it's so much fun. I, again. You know, I, I tell people, and you know, some people wanted to, you know, the, to be the more traditional names like Hawks or something, you know, uh, that was a fighting this or a, or you know, a rattlesnake or something that's right. more traditional. But, you know, I say, look, minor league baseball's about fun. It, it's that's what it's about. You, the, there's two sides to minor league baseball, and I think that's what makes it so successful. Is you got the partnership between the major league club, the minor league club, and your fans. On the major league side, the baseball, and we'll talk about that in a minute, that's really serious stuff. Yeah. I mean, these young men's careers are extremely important. Their health and their well-being is extremely important. The investment that the Padres have in this uh, in this team and, and all their minor league affiliates and, and major league players, that's really serious. The X's and O's, uh, their player development, getting to the major leagues and uh, winning championships, that's all very serious stuff. But then you combine that with the kind of irreverent, fun, uh, don't take yourself too serious side of minor league baseball and the promotions that we run, the names of the, of the teams and the fireworks shows that, you know, because a, a lot of our fans are, are huge baseball folks and they know everything there is to know. They can look at the radar gun that's on the scoreboard and say, oh, that's 96, that's a fastball. Right. 87, that's a slider. 78, it's curveball. You know, uh, they can they can tell those things. They know why the outfielders are positioned a certain way, but that's a certain percentage of our audience. The rest of the audience is, you know, they're working 60, 78 hours a week. Right. They don't have time to keep up with the stats and everything right. else. But what, what they're coming out to the ballpark for is to, to have a great time with their family, to bring their kids out, to enjoy a beautiful venue with great food and do it affordably, and really to create a memory for their family. That, that to them is what's most important. So together, those two things come to that marriage comes together, and it, I think that's what makes minor league baseball so, so popular. So you you mentioned the folks at Brandios. Did they do any work on the other candidate names? Oh yeah, I mean they they 
they they we we worked with them hand in hand you know throughout the whole process throughout the creative process and then once we finally determined a direction we wanted to go which was that prairie dog uh, sod poodle direction then they started to get to work on the creative and the brands and the, ultimately the designs, and we work with them throughout that process. So, too, they so. Didn't, but they didn't work up a design for the boot scooters or the Bronx Busters or anything like that? Yeah, I, I don't know that they did. I think once we once we determined uh, the direction after the, the the voting and everything else when, that we wanted to go with, that's when they took off on the designs, and I think the only one we went with uh, there was the Sod Poodles. How, how long, uh, when did you guys know that it was going to be the Sod Poodles? Uh, you know, you didn't know until until really the the fan vote. Uh, did do we have an inkling that you know just like when our heads all popped up, we all had hope <laughs> that you know that that this is the way that the community would want to go. But you know, even aside, like I say, aside from the fan vote, it's the organic side of what happened right. outside the fan vote. Absolutely. You know what what people did in the community, and you know, love it or hate it. That's what you want. You want engagement. You want yeah. people to go, you know, mm. if we would have been the fence post or the hot night hawks or rattlers, I mean, that would have, people would have, you know, after five minutes, they'd have said, oh, that's a great name, and then they'd moved on. But this is something that's just living and breathing, and and uh, it certainly certainly gets, uh, gets people talking. And you want that kind of engagement. I, I love the passion that our community has, and the whole country has shown, uh, good or bad. I mean, I love the passion. Right. Right. Well, it's funny because we had, there's a social summit here in San Diego we had with the San Diego Padres, and one of the questions that came up was like, so when you know people come at you uh, at the Padres on social media with how bad the team is doing or the decisions are made, um, how do you guys take that? And they're like, we love the passion. If it's negative, that means they're still engaged. Like it, they still, you know, they still want things to do. Or, you know, they still want to engage in the team and be. It's when they're quiet, it's when no one's saying anything, is when we start worrying. But the fact that you guys yeah. had all this excitement about the team coming, uh, that's encouraging that there is the community that's going to develop around this organization. Well, real quick, oh. let, let's, talk about, um, let's talk about the stadium. So is there any uniqueness to the stadium? Um, like in Frisco, they have the Lazy River. Is there any... Well, the, the... The stadium itself, you know, Populous is our architect, and Western Hunt, uh, uh, that partnership is our, our builders. And, and I'll tell you, the one thing that I love about this ballpark, hey, it's the downtown setting. I mean, this is going to be uh, not only a, a, a high mark, a sentinel for the city of Amarillo, but really the whole West Texas Panhandle area. Um, it's just perfectly situated downtown. We've got a lot of new development going up around the ballpark. Um, the ballpark itself, the way Populous designed it, there's only 4,000 fixed seats. We can get to 7,000 with suites and a lot of hospitality areas, as well as a berm seating and standing room only uh, seating. We have, uh, so it's, what, what I'll just kind of tell you what I love about it. A, the dimensions on the field are really cool. There's some really unique designs, uh, how close the fans are to the, to the uh, field. I mean, heck, when you're, when you're uh, down, if you have front row seats or you know first six rows of seats uh, in the uh, down the line, you're, you're you're right there by the bullpen. You know, not only can you hear the pop of the ball hitting the mitt, you're so close down there on the field, you can hear the the ball traveling through the air, oh. the the kind of sizzle that it goes through the air. I mean, that's tight. Uh, behind home plate, we have uh, five, we have six dugout suites, which are very unique to. 
to ballparks. I've never seen anything like this. They're open air, outdoor, um, but you're 30 feet from home plate. I mean, wow. you're 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 as close to, to home plate as the rules will allow. Um, and you know, just the uh, that's a 360 track walking around. We got beautiful. Uh, we got drink rails all the way around. Another cool feature that I think the, the, our young professional uh, folks in, in town are going to dig is we have a bar in left field. We haven't yeah. given it a name yet. We're still in that process, but it's it's a it's a full circle bar. Uh, seats about uh, you know around the bar about 55 people. You got drink rails in front of it, but you can sit all the way around. It's got 14 TVs, its own sound system. We've got a kind of a cool area back there with lounge seating, fire pits, cornhole. And, and it's right, it's probably 75 feet from our north entrance right off of Buchanan, which is a main thoroughfare through, uh, through uh, Amarillo. But you can come in as a young professional. You get off work, you, you pay $6 to come in and do standing room only seats. You go hang out at the bar, check the game on TV, check the closed circuit view or, you know, heck, whatever you want to watch uh, on TV. But you're sitting there watching the most beautiful, the, be- the view from there is amazing. And you're, you're right over uh, right field, uh, right, you're right over left field. So you take 10 steps from the bar, you're at the railing, and then the field is right there. So you're right on top of the action. I told our uh, concessionaire that, you know, you might want to look at some plastic bottles right. for, for your for the alcohol because uh, it's right. It's in Home Run Alley, man. It's right there. But right. Uh, other than that, we've got a great play area, 20, 20 luxury suites up top. we got a 4,000-square-foot club area. I mean, and, and just, the, you know how most ballparks, are, your field is, I'm trying to visually, you know, or, or through audio do this for you, but. You know, most of the time your your suites and your seating bowler kind of set back from the field. Yeah, they've designed this more where it's straight up and down, to where it really creates that that area that uh, sense that you're right on top of everything. Our our suite uh, level is four rows into the seating bowl, so people are you know, the seating bowl is right on top. Just to you know to uh, summarize it, our worst seats in the seating bowl would be premium seats anywhere else. That's how close you are. So you mentioned that Populous is the architect for this, and I just wanted to point out that Populous used to be known as HOK, and right. they've designed Camden Yards was one of their earliest well-known projects, but they designed Petco Park, they designed Southwest University Park in El Paso, uh-huh. where the Padres AAA affiliate is, they did uh, Parkview Field in um, Fort Wayne, where the Padres AA affiliate is, single A, I'm sorry, single A affiliate is. So. Um, you guys are working with one of the best architects in the whole in all of sports entertainment industry. So I'm sure this is going to be a world class facility. One thing I'm curious about, um, you know, we talk about with the, the fan experience. Um, what's been done to like? Can you talk about the the player facilities, the hitting areas, the bullpen, the workout rooms, um, and has have the Padres helped with developing all of that? You know, it, it was it's great. I'm glad you asked that because uh, we have one of the most unique uh, batting facilities in baseball. It's, it's actually up in the third base concourse. So and it, so there's a and it's all glassed in. It's going to be one of the nicest hitting facilities uh, in baseball. But fans, if if a player, well, let's start early in the day. Is you know both sides will take BP. You know people think that they take a lot of their BP on the field, but. Uh, it, players are in the cage constantly from the time they get there uh, till the time they leave. You know, if they don't feel something 
in their swing that they're comfortable with, they'll go get a few more hacks inside the cage. But you're talking during, you can be, during the game. During the game, before the game, when they get there, after the game, these these guys are serious about what they're doing. They're trying to get the big leagues, so they they really want to put out that maximum effort to. If, and you know the difference between hitting 300 and 250 is about a quarter inch in, in where your hands are. You know, there's people. A lot of folks don't understand about baseball, but the science behind the game is really amazing. Um, so just that from a player standpoint, they don't feel comfortable. They're in the cage all the time. There's organized cage time, and then there's individual cage time. But uh, our cage is up in the concourse level. It's all glassed in, so fans will be able to walk by and see guys taking batting practice um, from the concourse. Not only that, but during the day, it's also glassed in on the street level. So folks would be, I can picture folks walking down uh, Buchanan, kids sitting there staring, watching these guys taking their organized team uh, batting practice time. It's amazing. And so uh, it's beautiful in there. Going to have one, like I say, one of the best hitting facilities in, in baseball. But the hitting cage is actually above. Below that is the clubhouse level. And uh, so we had a design. I had actually worked with, as you know, I come from Colorado Springs AAA level. Yeah. Um, I had I had gotten some input from my trainers and coaches and, and uh, strength guys down there um, to to help with uh, some input into uh, the, the clubhouse here. But the Padres came in, you know, when we made the announcement for the team and and I took them on a tour, and they, they gave us some suggestions that, man, it would be great if we could do this. Man, it would be great if we could do that. And it was perfect timing because we hadn't gone far enough into the construction yet where we couldn't make the changes. So uh, their input has been invaluable to, I think, the coaches when they get here and the players are going to love it. They're going to be like, wow, this is it's like it was designed for us. Well, it really was. Um, but it, it's it's beautiful down there. It's massive. Uh, they got plenty of space, a lot of a lot of – a lot of the new technology for video and audio to where they can actually, you know, because everything these guys do is, is videotaped so they can go back and, and, and retrace their steps and see if things are going good, what it looks like, things are going bad, what it looks like. Um, a lot of amenities downstairs, great players clubhouse, the batting cage up top. Uh, they're, they're not going to want for anything, and we've got one of the most beautiful fields. We've got a, a new type of turf. I say it's new, but it's, it's really starting to take off. It's called latitude 36 it's built specifically for our area for our latitude it's a bermuda it's a uh it's a hybrid bermuda Interesting. but it's taken off it's, it's where the it's what's on the field in the rangers uh it's a great playing surface uh it's hardy it it, it takes damage repairs itself and uh, handles the heat and cold and uh, different uh, things that change throughout the baseball season so uh you know guys have everything that 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 they need to be successful here and, and that's what I tell my staff, and, and I'll tell the players the same thing, is, look, our, our goal is to provide you everything you need to be successful because I, we know your ultimate goal is not to come to Amarillo. Right. As much as you love Amarillo and it's beautiful and that we have the best fans in the world, the goal for all these players is to get to San Diego. And our, our job is to help them get there and to, uh, to facilitate everything we possibly can to make it, their journey as easy as possible. So you guys are going to have, um, I watched the live unveiling and it was really cool. Um, it, it took forever. The, the suspense was incredible. Um, <laughs> uh, you love that, right? Oh my God, I'm like, i, I got to go to work, but I can't stop watching. Um, you guys are also going to have uh, a contest to name the mascot. Yep. 
fantastic. Yep. Um, also, so a friend of the podcast uh, from MILV, Benjamin Hill, uh, has celiac disease, and uh, he has this segment uh, where he goes around to all the minor league ballparks, and uh, since he can't have all the fare, he has a designated eater because uh, he has celiac disease. So, right. for Benjamin's sake, do you have any uh, food that will be um, uh, gluten free and celiac friendly or celiac disease friendly? Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure we will. <laughs> I mean, we're just putting we're. We're just putting those things together now as far as the food and beverage operation goes. I know we're going to have an amazing hospitality because we've got uh, Diamond Concession, which is, going to, which is our concessionaire, and they uh, do a fantastic job not only from the, from the hospitality side but also the concession side. We'll have our own executive chef. We'll have our own catering department, our own concession, food and beverage department. So anything that you can do at a three- or four-star hotel, we're going to be able to do. And, and they're just going to do a great job, and they've got the facilities to be able to do it. But uh, we're coming up. I know that, you know, people are always interested in the, the foodies out there. Yeah. Are, are, aside from uh, Benjamin, and, and I've spoken with him many times. He's a great guy. Um, but the uh, aside from the, the medical side of things, where, you know, you want to have something for folks that, that – Yeah, uh, have allergies. And... Right, right. Um, but we're going to come up with those niche – type things too we're talking about a two pound hot dog right now um, to feed the family and it's gorgeous you know some different things that they're going to suggest to us and obviously this is texas we gotta we gotta bring in some local fare too so uh we're gonna have a lot of fun with the food side you know because that that's what that's that again the people that love baseball are going to be satisfied when they come out here and they get to see the best talent in the world literally playing on our field in amarillo what the talent the the Padres are bringing into town and the, the top prospects and the athletes. But for those other folks, they want that baseball experience, yeah. you know, and they want that the food and the beverages and the, and, and you know, everyone's going to get that. And, and the zany promotions we're going to put out there, uh, it's going to be so much fun. We can't wait. Uh, you can have a whole lot of fun with the, the whole prairie dog sod poodle thing. I, I, I can see this being, being fun. So speaking of, uh, well, speaking of the team, uh, you want to we let talk about the team? Do you know much about the players that you are expecting to see next year? No, you know there, there's so much that happens in in the off season between trades, between you know hitting spring training for the for the eight weeks that they're down there. Uh, we we don't really know the the players yet, uh, but we can't wait to dive in. I, I told someone the other day. I said, you know, I love what I'm doing. I, I mean, I, I love every moment of every day. Uh, because we, when we came down here, we didn't have a single employee. Wow. <laughs> um, so it was me, uh, my community relations person, and, and I had hired a, an executive assistant here from Amarillo, and just fantastic work they're doing. But, you know, as, as, as early as June, we had three employees. We're now up to 20 employees. Uh, we're, we've got another five or six left to go to, to, uh, to, fill our front office roster if you would right, right. Um, but as I in building a stadium building a name building a brand all these things that go into this um, I tell people I love every moment of every day I just wish I had more moments to love um, in, in the day because there's just so much going on but from the baseball perspective you know we've, we've got time to learn that because quite honestly as you know most of the major league clubs and Padres don't know who's going to be here yet They've got some decisions to make. They've got some moves to make. Uh, I'm certain it happens every year. Yeah. And then spring training plays a big role in that too. So, 
Uh, we know that we're going to have a, a amazing talent. We just don't know the individuals yet. So, one, so I'm on uh, I'm on Google uh, Google Maps right now, driving around your uh, your plot where it looks like there's a bunch of development going on right in that area around the ballpark. Yeah, there really is. There's a brand new four-star hotel, Embassy Suites, that has been put up right across the street. The XL building right near uh, our, our south entrance, it's all brand new with parking garages for the, between those two facilities, about a 1,000 cars, uh, parking garages. There's new retail that has popped up down there. Um, and and I, I love that part of the growth because, you know, that's what you want right. you know, for Amarillo and our community um, is for people to say, you know what, there's some cool things happening down there. We're going to put five, 6,000, 7,000 people down here on a regular basis. They need things to do. So where the people are is where the development goes. And that's what you hope for is that, uh, and, and it's happening. I mean, it's already happening. And I think people that might have come to Amarillo, you know, a couple years ago, uh, and, and then people that you turn back that, turn that back around in about uh, three to five years, they're not going to even recognize uh, this downtown area. It's just the, the energy is, is so cool. And for us to be, as I tell people, for us to, you know, the energy and the excitement is there. I mean, the, the, all the folks that want to do things are there, but for us to be that and the fuel the is, is right down. The catalyst of, well, that's yeah, the thing about that, Tony, is to be that spark is, is really satisfying and, and humbling. And it's cool for us to be a part of the, to ignite that energy and fuel. Yeah, as you're bringing business, you're creating jobs. You, you're going to employ people within the ballpark, but you mentioned the hotel that's next door. Uh, you've got concessionaires. You've got, there's going to, I'm, I can imagine that there's going to be businesses, you know, restaurants and bars and stuff um, popping up in the local area. So you really are contributing to the community by bringing minor league baseball back to Amarillo. Which puts you guys back on the map, well, or puts you on the map for, for other destinations, for conventions, and and just things going on in a city that's growing. You guys have, what, a minor league, minor league hockey there as well? You have an uh, indoor football team? There's, talk yeah. about Amarillo, the city. There's several sports teams there I saw that you guys have there already, and now you're adding double-A baseball. It's just, it's becoming a sports town. Yeah, it really is. And, you know, and, and, and here in Texas, we have a lot of pride. That's the thing I love about our community is, you know, we, because uh, I'm inviting you know staff from all over the country to come here to work, and some of them are from Colorado, some are from California, some are from the South and and up the North and Boston, New York area, and I say, look, we don't have the big city of New York, we don't have the mountains of Colorado, we don't have the oceans uh, that uh, that uh, California has, but our, you know what our natural our best natural resource here in Amarillo is, it's the people. people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I've never seen anything like it. I mean, they, they've opened their arms and their hearts and their minds to, to this team coming and the crazy zany things we want to do. And and uh, you, everyone you meet, they're just so happy to have baseball here, and they're so welcoming. And it wouldn't be for just baseball. Anyone that, that meets uh, people from Amarillo, you know, they, there's a real uh, hospitality that you get when you come into the city. They're just so welcoming to, to what – uh, to people that are coming here, they want people to enjoy and respect and love Amarillo. And so, what I say, our our best natural resource is the people. It's the most genuine, kind, authentic people you'll ever meet. And you, when you guys come down here for a visit, you'll get to see that firsthand. But uh, I love that about our city. It, it's a great pro, a great city to live, work, and play in. And and now we're going to have professional baseball along with our other 
uh, sport partners in town. It's, it, it's a great city. It really is. Well, and you also have a local boy uh, from just north of us here in Temecula, Shane. Shane's from uh, Temecula, which is just north of here in San Diego. So uh, yes. when we yes, were talking, Shane Phillips. Yeah. And we thought we'd be talking to him, but you came on, and uh, Tony, we, we really appreciate the time. Um, if you make yourself, if you make your way out here to San Diego during the next season, uh, stop by and say hi. Let us know. We'd love to shake your hand. We'd love to have, you know, buy you a beer or a fish taco is what we do out here in California. Um, we hey, really, how about both? Right. A beer and a fish taco. You, you, you <laughs> well, had me at beer, but I'll right. take the fish taco too. Well, we'll certainly buy you that here at Petco Park. Uh, and there's going to be some sod poodle gear underneath our Christmas tree uh, for the little <laughs> lady for us. And, um, and for myself, uh, thank you so much for taking the time, and uh, have a great day, and go Saudis. It's been a pleasure. There thank you, go. you so much. Thank you guys for having me, and we are just so proud to be a part of the, the, the Padres family, and can't wait to get started and, and uh, promote these players. Have them come through Amarillo, but uh, on their way to the big leagues where you guys can see them. Absolutely. Okay. Bye. That was Tony Inser. What a great guy. Yeah, he's uh, definitely an ambassador for the team and for the community. You know, I love the enthusiasm he has for his job in in in, in Double A baseball in Amarillo, and the you know, and the and that enthusiasm he's infused in his staff and in the city, and yeah. it's really permeated all the way out from you know he talked about it, the naming of side poodles was just like wow that's unique, and it got people talking and people engaged. It does. Yeah, it's you know, it's, as I was talking to him, I'm on Google, I, I'm driving around looking at the streets. So there's the hotel that's going up, and uh-huh. there's the ballpark. But then I went around the corner, and it's a totally different. Like this was taken before all this development. Oh wow! And it looks like a whole different town already. And it's, so it's it's neat. If you need to the driver, which is great. Yeah, so we're excited to have Amarillo on board and you know tony's a definitely an asset to the organization there so um you know we're excited to see how this all rolls out this spring as they get ready for their first pitch yeah well uh that's that uh but as i promised we uh you guys listening so what we got going on is um i've talked to aj castle we've talked to aj Casavell uh about getting together and uh having him come on the podcast but he suggested, and we had we invited him and his wife to come over here to Roy Angeles' house to tape. But he suggested that we um, take it to a bar or restaurant and have the listeners engaged in the conversation as well. So what we we're and he wanted to do it before the winter meetings. We we're trying to go after the winter meetings just to get the dirt. <laughs> uh, but he wants to meet potentially before the winter meetings, and that's going to fall on Sunday, December 2nd. Yes. We um, haven't set a time or a place yet, but that, I think that's the day that we're going to be meeting up with AJ. Absolutely. And we're looking at maybe Alesmith here in Mira Mesa mm-hmm. or, or somewhere close to where I live in Mission Valley at McGregor's. We will tweet out that information. It will be uh, widely, widely will, will be dispersed. Um, but we do encourage you guys to come to that. We encourage you to um, bring your girlfriends, wives, or just to show up. But we want to have a good time. We want it to be fun. We, uh, you know, we want it to be a welcoming to him. Yeah. And, and, uh, and this isn't going to be a big blowout party kind of right. thing. It's just going to be sit down, talk with AJ. But we're more than happy to, you know, if anybody wants to participate, um, 
you know, has questions or you yeah. want to talk to them or us or anybody, uh, please reach out. Yeah, we'd appreciate if you do our job for us and we'll just put out a piece of paper and <laughs> you write a question. Well, that's what I was thinking about doing is okay. just writing out, you know, whoever shows up, if two people show up, we'll have to make some questions up. Uh-huh. But if more people show up, you know, hey, write a question and then we'll have them answer it on the air. Yeah, if they do that, we don't even have to prep. We can just, we can just hit record. Pretty much. That's <laughs> it. Um, also, um, I've been in contact with Chris Paddock. Uh, has agreed to come on the podcast in the yeah. coming weeks, which was a very good get. We're you know we're uh, we're big fans of Chris Paddock, and I know you guys are a big fan of Chris Paddock, and he should be uh, in the major leagues pretty soon. Uh-huh. So he has agreed to come on. Uh, that once again will be in the following weeks. I don't know if it's going to be able to squeeze in between that and Christmas, um, but certainly we're going to have him on soon, probably sooner rather than later. Uh-huh. And yesterday you were telling me about another pitcher you were talking to. Nick Margovicius yeah, uh, has agreed to come on the podcast as well. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, you'll be able to hear um, players instead of just me and Roy talking about stuff. You're going to hear it right from uh, from the players' mouths. So we got that coming up in the next few weeks. Uh, we really appreciate all the listeners that do listen to uh, Friars on the Farm, and we do appreciate um, all the content that we've been able to coddle from around, uh, be it minor league baseball, be it uh, East Village Times, be it uh, you know Jason Panini and Lance Brozdowski and, and um, Jason at the game. I'm not going to say <laughs> Ralph Lifshitz, uh, um, you know, and particularly with John Conniff and the guys over at Mad Friars. Um, we really appreciate you guys allowing us to use your content and bring it here on the podcast and use it because uh, without you guys, we're nothing. We're just a couple of babbling uh, babblers. Anyways, with that, uh, you can reach me at SD Donovan on Twitter. And I am at Zippy underscore TMS. Till then, go Padres. Go Padres. Go Padres.